Investment app Robinhood is all the rage, but what happens when investing goes the wrong way? We're going to talk about a tragic event from last week with writer, comedian, and host of the SPET podcast, Lindsay Goldwert, on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salci. Hi. Hey, I'm Lindsay Goldward. I'm coming to you from my coronavirus bunker in Queens, New York. <laughs> this, this is the podcast. We're laughing because we can't cry, right? Of course. This is the podcast where Lindsay and I are going to cover rec a recent story ripped from the financial press. Today, we're capturing one that actually has been written about all over the place, but we got this one from MarketWatch. Not only are we going to read it to you like some podcasts do, but we're also going to talk about how it affects your wallet, your savings, and, and, and today, actually, a lot more than that. This, as if that's not enough, we'll share a big idea at the end of today's show that you can take with you to be better with your money the rest of your day and all in usually less than 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by uh, Tiller. Tiller's where I go to manage my money. It's all of your financial data very easily put together in a spreadsheet. If you're not a spreadsheet guy, neither am I, but seeing was believing, head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF to check it out. And if you like it as much as I do, they're going to give you 10% off your annual subscription just because you watch Lindsay and I today. So, or listen to us if you're listening to the podcast. So you're welcome, America and world. You're welcome. And I'm also going to say you're welcome because we have the one and only Lindsay Goldberg with us today. How are you? I'm doing okay. I can't complain. It's about time we got you on the show. It is about time. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm honored. The last time I talked to you was uh, for your best-selling book, Bow Down. And I have to ask you, do you end up, when you do the media tour, do you end up telling the same four stories over and over and over? Or is every podcast, every appearance a little different? Everything's different. People want to know different things. So the book that I wrote, um, so I wrote this book uh, called Bow Down, which was uh, lessons from dominatrixes on how to get everything you want. And it's a book about, it's a book about sex, but it's also a book about just uh, clear communication and, and uh, asserting what you want. So people um, are, people talk, want to talk about a lot of things. They want to talk about relationships. They want to talk about um, how to feel more powerful at work. People want to know tips on how to negotiate a raise. People want to talk about a certain experience that I had for the book, but it's all been very different. You know, people took a lot of really different things away from the book, which was the, the purpose of it. So I've been pretty pretty lucky. And most people's takeaways have not been about sex, which I think is, which is great. It's mostly been about, um, yeah, just being assertive, saying what you want, why we're all afraid to, to ask for what we want, why we all apologize for things, why, why we're scared, which is the real purpose of the book. And the sex is, the sex is fun too. <laughs> <laughs> That's an added bonus, right? Well, Always. I, I loved it. And we talked about negotiation and boundaries when you were on our Stacking Benjamin show. And it was a super interesting discussion. If anybody wants to go check that out uh, with Lindsay, just put Lindsay's name or, or put bow down in the search uh, bar in Stacking Benjamins and you'll find our interview with her. Today, unfortunately, we're talking about something a, a lot heavier. It's going to be, unfortunately, we have a comedian on and we talk about something very heavy, but I think you're probably a great person to talk about this topic with. So let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Trey from TrueTrey.com. 
Headlines ripped from the financial press only at Money with Friends. All right, this this uh, piece uh, comes to us from Market Watch, and it's written by Sean Langlois. And uh, Gregory, who's hanging out with us today, is actually one of the people uh, that first alerted me to this piece. We do the show live on Facebook. If you want to join us, by the way, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins, the Stacking Benjamins Facebook page. But, um, but lots of people... Uh, sadly, uh, noticed this and said we should talk about it. So here we go. Uh, Sean writes, heartbreaking story of rookie trader who racked up $700,000 in debt. Finance isn't worth losing your life over. The stock market, particularly in its current states, no place for amateurs. Uh, Solomar Capital Analyst Bill Brewster delivered that message to followers in a heartbreaking Twitter thread in which he shared a family member's tragic foray into trading. Bill writes in his tweets, This is still really raw and I have more questions than answers, but it's very important and intersects with what I speak about here. Hopefully my family's tragedy can help other family avoid tragedy. My cousin-in-law was interested in investing. He opened a Robinhood account. Andy seemed to be enjoying the markets. As many of us do or have done, he got interested in options. He believed he had no margin selected on his account. So he began buying and selling options. Fast forward to sometime this past week and his account showed him owing $700,000 plus. How does a 20-year-old with no income get access to that kind of leverage or exposure? The emotional stress from the exposure caused him to take his own life. I don't feel right sharing this, but I also don't feel right keeping it from the world. Why? Because recently I've been joking about how much I love DDTG. And by the way, for people who don't know who that is, the founder of Barstool Sports has been talking a lot of smack talk lately about how he's a phenomenal investor and about how he's kicking Warren Buffett's butt and how day trading is super easy. And um, so he's been laughing about that. In fact, he says he's laughed at the Robin Hood memes. But here's the truth, Bill writes. And please pay attention to this if you're young. The markets are bananas right now. It's not the time for amateurs. Really, really pay attention to position sizing. Stay away from exotic instruments like options and futures. These are the times Buffett talks about being more careful because others aren't. Almost everything you see on this platform is coming from somebody with a bias, myself included. Don't pay attention to how many followers someone has, where they work, etc. Judge investments on their own merit as you understand them. And if you you find yourself in a world of it, please talk to, he didn't use the word it, please talk to your family. Uh, hit me up. You're not alone. Finance isn't worth losing your life over. I do have one ask. If you know of Robinhood re- willingly extending way too much credit or margin, please let me know. They're squarely on my radar and I have time for a research project. He said, Alex, RIP, you'll be forever missed. And he ends by saying, P.S. and a little bit of cover my ass here. I haven't seen the actual account. I only know what his final note said. He cited the figure and I'm relaying what he said. So picking on picking that up, uh, Robinhood declined to share any details of the trading account and how such outsized losses piled up, but did say the company was aware of the situation. Uh, quote, all of us at Robinhood are deeply saddened to hear this terrible news, and we reached out to share our condolences with the family, the spokesperson said. Alex's story, um, I guess we're, we're not quite sure if that's his real name, serves as a reminder that trading stocks can have devastating real-life consequences. This perhaps has never been more true when it comes to using borrowed cash to leverage positions in the stock market where the, where the Dow Jones Industrial Average can be down almost 2,000 points one session and then rebound nearly 500 points in the next. Inexperienced traders have been cited as a driving factor in the big bounce of the market's late March uh, lows and recent volatility. Deutsche Bank analyst Parag Thatch says that 
I'm sorry, suggests that Wall Street professionals are for being forced to chase amateurs who continue to bid up equities. Uh, CNBC's Jim Cramer on Friday also addressed the dangers of the current climate. It got too easy, and now we all have to suffer as the, re- re- as the get-rich-quick crowd gets blown out, he said on his Mad Money show, describing the environment as one of rampant speculation. Yeah, you write about money, Lindsay. Any idea how somebody who's 20 years old and doesn't have any income, according to this piece, gets $700,000 in debt? You know, I have to be honest with you, I'm fascinated with this story, and I'd actually like to do a little bit of research into this. You know, my experience is more in passive trading um, and and helping people sort of build habits um, sort of one at a time, you know, kind of automating their income into savings. So I don't really have as much experience in, in active day trading. You know, my dad taught me everything he knew about trading, and he never did that kind of trading. So I I would love to know. I'd love to know what that's about and how people are. And, and, and if this has happened before and no one's ever talked about it, I'm, I'm sure it has. When one person's story comes out, other people's stories come out. But to me, it's probably a story about shame. Most people don't want to admit that they yeah. lost so much money, uh, had lack of knowledge going in. There's such a, I don't want to get into a weird place, but there's a lot of like, you know, big masculine energy in day trading. Yeah. And I, don't, I think that people might appear, be afraid to appear weak when they uh, admit that they lost money or they went in. So I, I would be curious to know if it would, if more people would come out and, and talk about this sort of thing. Yeah. And I want to talk about the mental aspects of this in a minute, but, but I, I think we probably need to start with what he was doing, which frankly seems to be really easy to do on the Robinhood app to be able to trade options, which is, uh, which is, I, I can think of, I, I was a professional financial planner for 16 years, Lindsay. I, I rarely traded options. And when I did, we did it as a defensive measure, right? We, w- we, we, weren't, we weren't betting. It, it feels like so many people, because trades are free, are betting. Like ever since trades became free, it really feels like it's a betting culture now. It can feel like fake money in a lot of ways, yeah. you know? And that's the thing, you know, with all this gamif- gamification of apps, it can feel like a game. You know, and, and you can get really sucked into it. And I'm not sure, again, I, I don't know what Robinhood's UI or UX is, where if you check off um, no margin, if it gives you like a bunch of warnings, like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> you know, because it, if it doesn't, it can, that's a pretty, that would be, you know, sometimes you check off the wrong box and, you know, you get the wrong thing in the mail. So now you check off the box and you get $700,000 worth of debt. So it would be interesting to me to, to see what that, what the interface looks like as well. It's, it's interesting to me when you talk about shame, I mean, so many people, well, and I think this is even probably part of your book, bow down shame in a different area, right? People have yeah. these fetishes, these things that they're ashamed of. So they go find somebody to help them with that. But, right. but, but I know because I'm one of the, you know, not a big group of people have been able to sit in front of hundreds of people and talk to them about their money. And I was usually working with maybe 150 families at a time and everybody's making mistakes yet. We all present ourselves as if we're not, I love what, I love what the gentleman says in this piece about, about watch out for what people say on Twitter or Instagram. Cause all we're seeing is, is somebody's best lie. Most of the time I feel like hundred percent. A hundred percent. People who make money don't, they don't need to brag about their money. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you give away your, it's, it, to me, it's all, it seems all very suspicious. You know, I, I don't, anyone can make a meme. Anyone can talk about how it's like, I remember when I, I used to work at Stash and I remember people used to, used to complain on Twitter about how they couldn't get their money back, all these things. And we would look it up and they weren't even customers. Like people can just 
like it's things people will, will lie about to because no one can see you on the internet, you know, like, so anyone can say whatever they want. And on Twitter, on stock twits and all that, on fin twit, whatever, it's a very bragging masculine culture. And if you say that you've lost money or you're afraid to day trade or options scare you or like leveraged ETFs scare you, people are like, Oh, you're a cook. You're a simp. It gets very personal. And it you question your, you're masculine. It's very strange yeah. to me. I, I don't really understand that because women are just as aggressive as investors as men, but I don't think they fall into that questioning of, 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 of gender in the same way, you know? Yeah. So I think it's very, I think it's very hard and it's very intimidating in every way. Intimidating. Yeah. I don't see the chest beating as much when I, no, when I, I read women online. Either. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gregory asked an, a, a, a question, uh, here that I think, uh, is interesting. He says their margin loss is able to be discharged in bankruptcy. In other words, could he at 20, at 20 years old, if you can wipe the slate clean, Lindsay, I mean, think about this. He's 20 years old. He just wipes the slate clean. He starts over again. Sure. He's got seven years of hell with having a bankruptcy on your credit. Cause that's how long it takes to get rid of that thing at the very least. But, um, but my understanding is margin losses are discharged in a bankruptcy. You know, I'm not sure I'd have to talk to an accountant, but if you think about it, if, if it were to be, that would be such a, I mean, think about people, you know, from college who racked up $10,000 in debt in college on their credit cards. I mean, that happens to everybody and they pay, you know, they they plan their entire early twenties is paying off their college debt. Um, at the same time, it would be a blessing for him. I mean, what I mean, it's a, it's a sad lesson to be learned. I don't think Robin Hood's going to is legally obligated to do anything. Um, they might make a, a few. I wouldn't be surprised if they clarified some things on their UI just for for PR. But that would be you would know more about that than I would, Joe, about whether or not it's um, whether or not it. That could, he could bankruptcy proceedings could help him. Yeah, I, yeah, I do think that it's that it's wiped out. I, I don't remember ever seeing anything that shows that it's not that it's one of the exceptions, like you know, like a, um, uh, a student loan debt, as an example. I mean, can't be wiped out with a bankruptcy, which drives people crazy. The but when it comes to this uh, this this whole issue, I think that no, um, it happens to most of us. I was going to say, people talk about the gains, don't talk about the losses. No, they they totally do. Everybody, it, it's amazing how many clients I had that would always talk about their good stuff in public. I'd be out there with them in public and they'd brag about their good stuff. And I was the one guy in the room that knew about the all the crappy stuff that they had done. <laughs> that, that, yes. that totally they were they were never talking about. Terrible. Um, uh, uh, this, you know, what's, what's sad about this too is that I mean, at uh, let's talk about the mental health aspect of this. Just if if you're feeling this way, or if you if if you're at the point where you feel like all is lost, I mean, you have to talk to somebody because I mean, I, I don't care if it's twenty or fifty or seventy or whatever. Man, it's I agree that, that I mean, there's this isn't worth losing your life over. I think you'd have to have somebody um, in your life that you could talk to to say to you you're going to get through this. It's, it looks like it's all over, but there isn't, there's going to be a solution. Let's work through it. And I think if you don't have anyone in your life who you think is going to yell at you or make fun of you um, or say what you're thinking or have people who don't understand the market, I think, I think that's the missing link is having someone in your life with empathy who can hold your hand during a time like this. I don't remember when, when I, when I read bow down, I don't remember uh, whether you had interviews with uh, some of the people that went to these dominatrixes, because they, you know, some of these people have issues, and I wonder who, who, who they would go to talk to. 
I mean, I think that, you know, the, the, I did speak to a lot of people who see these people and, you know, I mean, some have issues, some, you know, we all have sure. issues, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of them feel, I do feel that a lot of people who would go see a professional dominatrix would be more open to seeing a therapist, but maybe not. Everyone's very different. Some people would try to use their, you know, a session with the dominatrix as their therapy, which is not a good idea. You know, your, your dominatrix is not your therapist. They, yeah. they do not have a, a, they're not licensed, you know, but I think, I think, I think that by the way, not to, not to cut you off, but I think that's the line of the show. Your dominatrix <laughs> is, is not your therapist should be the headline of this show. I think every Dom friend of mine would happily co-sign. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, in just a minute, Lindsay and I are going to have our takeaway from this piece. Uh, but first, I want to say just a little bit about our sponsor, Tiller Money. Uh, big thanks to Tiller Money for supporting Money with Friends. You know, the reason I use Tiller Money, I mentioned earlier, guys, is because of the fact that it's a spreadsheet. I'm not a spreadsheet guy. I'm a money nerd, but I really don't, don't love creating spreadsheets. The cool thing about Tiller Money, though, I press a button and every all of my transactions go into the spreadsheet. And I didn't have to design it myself. It was already designed ahead of time. And I don't have to go with like some random app, go with whatever they give me. I can change anything that I want on that because it's a spreadsheet and there's a whole community of people that are making spreadsheets. So I just pick the one that I like. I modify it just a little bit to fit what I want. I like my spreadsheets very quick, very easy. Other people like details on details. So no matter how you manage your money, Tiller is the most flexible way to track a budget that I've ever seen. Head to tillerhq.com com forward slash MWF and you can try it out for free. And then if you like it, you'll get 10% off your annual subscription because you were hanging out with us. So big thanks to everybody who did that. Lindsay, I know that was a short discussion about a very serious topic that probably yeah. could be four hours long, but for what's, sure. what's our big takeaway here? I mean, we all have different takeaways from it, but to me, my takeaway from it is, is, is don't be pressured into entering a climate or, or using technology that you don't quite understand yet. And day trading is, is not for the faint of heart. And don't don't look at other people and look at their gains on on Instagram or on Twitter to see how they're doing. You gotta look at your own goals and your own and your own know-how and take your time. Yeah, that's and there'll be other there'll be other times when the market goes up. This is not the only time. This is what I'm there's like, this is a gold mine, this is the time, buy the dip. Don't think that way. Just it, It's only your knowledge that matters. Yeah, the, the, well, and I was going to say that too, is that, is that options and margin are leverage. And whether he meant to use margin or not, he did. Um, and margin is just a loan, which is how you get into debt this way. What, um, what my, my takeaway, I think, just to add on to what you were saying, because I think that's my main takeaway too, but it's also that this uh, – this idea that leverage makes quicker winners, but you also need to remember that it flushes people much quicker. And, and by the way, not not what we're talking about today, where somebody took their own life. When I say flushed, I mean it yeah. takes it takes your money. So that might have been the wrong phrase. But uh, look at two thousand eight, two thousand nine. The problem wasn't really. I mean, the problem was kind of real estate, but the big problem was debt, and it was yeah. leverage, and people got into trouble with leverage. So when you see all these people going, hey, just borrow more money and invest it, that might make you a winner quickly, but it also, it, man, it burns you. It really, oh. really. Well, it's like, I guess, you know, I always say this, it's like get rich quick culture is the same as lose 30 pounds in one month culture. You know, there's a, there's a, 
maybe one or two people might actually lose 30 pounds in a month, but everyone else is going to either quit or get sick. And it's just, it's just not as sexy to lose a pound a week, you know, people, right. people, you know, and that's the thing. And, and, and I can understand that because we all want to get rich quick or get skinny, quick, whatever, whatever we want to do. But in the end, there's a reason why these, these things aren't successes for most people. The, uh, I want to, I want to say one more comment about somebody who's, uh, uh, point out one more comment that somebody had that's hanging out with us. Lisa's hanging out and said, thanks for the warning. My son always listens to Barstool and has also recently started using Robin Hood. I'll talk to him and have him listen to this when the podcast is out. Guys, I've said this before, Lindsay, you don't have to endorse this point of view, but, but, but now that trading is free, no matter where you use it, one of the reasons people get in trouble on Robinhood also is because they don't have any tools. Robinhood is a stripped down app with no tools and how the heck you're trading options without any tools and any, any, um, any, uh, uh any help at all. It, it just, it, it, you said this earlier, Lindsay, it feels a lot more like betting. Well, I think you know, Robinhood does have a blog now. They are trying to add a little more education, but really Robinhood is not for people that want to, it's for people who want to dive in and just want to do what they want to do. There's no, there's no, I don't believe there's any retirement account. They're not looking for anything. It's for people who want to ideally who have a set, a set amount of money. And that's, if you want, I mean, some people say, if you want to like put aside 500 bucks and just start, start buying some stuff or whatever, like that's fine. You know, see how the market works. It's, it's a, it's a do or die way to figure out how the market works. You know, so yes. if you want to, do you want a, a, a hard lesson? But yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you just said, Joe, hundred percent. Uh, so two things we mentioned the book bow down still available everywhere. Uh, everywhere and out in paperback. Uh, if you uh, want to save a little bit of money, I will understand uh, January, 2021. Awesome. Cool. And then uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk for a second about the spent podcast, what's going on in the podcast. <laughs> So the podcast is still on hiatus. I'm still trying to figure out what's what's coming next. I have some interesting other outside projects coming down the pike. But Spent was a podcast I started in 2000, gosh, I think 16 or 15, 15 actually, where I interviewed comedians and I interviewed writers and just interesting people in general um, about their money mistakes, uh, their their lessons, what they learned. Um, and a lot of the stories were supposed to be very, very conversational, a lot of really funny stories, because my theory was that if you can laugh at it, uh, you can talk about it. And I tried to pick topics that were a little bit different. Um, I talked to a Lutheran pastor friend of mine, and I asked, um, is it ever, you know, what's the cost of doing good, of being like a good person? And that was a fantastic conversation, you know, and, and we talked about it just ended up going to some very interesting places that you wouldn't think it would go. We spoke to some uh, a comedian acquaintance of mine who almost went to jail for white collar crime and why he made so much money fast and why he spent it so fast. So all these very funny conversations all, all really tied back to some really kind of important, you know, stories that everybody liked and laughed and felt better after listening to. But they also have tied back to a lot of everyone's basic fears about finance. Once I get it, what if I lose it? So I'll spend it all now. Or, you know, I put this all on my credit cards. I need, I needed to, I needed to, I, I thought was, this was a chance of a lifetime or like I had an emergency. I had to go to the hospital for two days. I'm still paying it off. Like these are, they're funny stories because comedians are funny, but we all have these stories. Yeah, they're great stories. And the cool thing I like about it, which is different than this show, where we're covering current headlines right now, these are evergreen topics. I mean, these are topics that are classic yeah. topics that people have had problems with this stuff five years ago, 10 years ago, and they're going to have problems with five years from now. So people can go back. I, the podcast is still on iTunes yeah. or wherever you listen. It's still there. We, there was I put up a bunch of new episodes um, at the very, very end of last year where I interviewed some people. I did a sex and money 
series where I interviewed um, a big adult film star. Her name is Stoya. She talked about residuals and royalties and starting her own business. I talked to a lot of different people about what it's like to a, a sex toy CEO. I talked to an economist who writes about risk. And in the end, a lot of the same topics kept coming back and forth about how difficult it is for um it all came. It all came back to very similar topics and similar ideas. That for them, if you don't have access to the internet, if you if your ads are being banned by Facebook and Instagram, you're going to have difficulty marketing your product, no matter what it is. And how women's health is just harder to market than men's health, which is a whole other topic. So in the end, even the most sordid topics are often, when you talk about them with amazing people, end up being very relatable to everybody, which is what I want to do in life. <laughs> well, get going on the new ones, damn it. I would like, I, um, I'll, I'll keep you posted. I promise. <laughs> we are going to keep Lindsay away from doing that tomorrow. She's back and we're going to talk about how spending has changed over the time of coronavirus. I'm Joe. She's Lindsay. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you next time at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.